Hello and welcome back to Deconstructing the Bible. I'm Jason Stephenhagen, the Associate Minister at The Well, United Methodist Church in Rosemont, Minnesota. And this is week two of our series on Advent. And we're going to be highlighting the word faith. But before we dive into that too much, what I want to start out by saying is that I probably watch too much TV. I probably watch too many movies, too much TV because I just love a good story. And I've talked about this before on this podcast, so I don't need to belabor the point. But one of the things that I like about a good story is two different things. And it kind of depends on the mood I'm in. When I just want a total escape, I'm tired, I just want something to like be fun and light. I love a story that moves along, that hits all the highlights, that you just catch the characters in their best moments and everything's great. They're dressed great. They can do whatever they need to. The story moves along. Sure, there's going to be some tension in the story once in a while, but it's going to be resolved by the end and you know how it's all going to play out and everyone's going to end up well. And it just has this beautiful kind of arc to it. And those are the stories that just kind of bring you a little feel good, right? And and that's probably why they're called feel good movies or feel good TV is that they just kind of make you feel better about life. Like everything just works out all the time. Then there's another type of TV or movie that I kind of like. And that's when the camera kind of lingers on a conversation longer than it's supposed to. It's almost like the characters have this tension, they're arguing, they're frustrated, you see it about to boil over, and normally the show or the movie would cut away and kind of leave you to fill in the blanks of what transpires, or even the aftermath of the argument, they kind of, uh, you know, cut away as soon as the argument's over, and you never get to see what happens to them right after the argument, but there's some shows and some movies where it just kind of stays, and it kind of lingers and it kind of hangs on. And you don't, not only do you see the actual argument or the tension, but then you see the aftermath, the emotion, the hurt, the pain behind it. And those sometimes are the stories or the movies that can be impactful for a whole different reason. They don't maybe make you feel good, but they have a way of capturing the essence of what it means to be human in a whole different level. Because we know that times that get hard or are tense, you don't just have an argument and then walk away and five minutes later you turn around and and you're able to make up and, and have a good conversation and turn things around and you're on with the story off to the next adventure. Like, no, when things are hard, when things hurt, when you're going through it, you end up sitting in it and you maybe go back to your room and you think about it all night long or it keeps you awake at night or You just have to process it with someone if you have someone that you can process with. And it tends to, you know, life is not a fast-paced Hallmark movie. Life is this methodical, slow journey. And sometimes some things that happen to us, tensions that we experience, are things that we get stuck in or that stay with us for days and weeks and even months, maybe even years. And so sometimes having a story where the camera just kind of holds the tension lets you see some of the aftermath of the pain can kind of be reassuring that 
you're not on your own, that you're not the only one who, when you're stuck in your own difficult time, is somehow abnormal or somehow uh, not doing it right. No, like when we go through hard stuff, we go through hard stuff. You know, I, I think one of the miraculous things about the birth of Jesus in this Advent season is the story of Mary and Elizabeth. And here you have an angel showing up and telling this teenage girl who, you know, despite how we understand the story, I think it's it's helpful to maybe explain it. So the way that a Jewish relationship worked is that you would kind of have three stages to it. You'd have the the stage where you are basically engaged. And then you have a stage where you get betrothed. And betrothal is kind of where you actually take your wedding vows in a way. And then the husband would go and prepare a place for the couple to live. And once that place was prepared, the husband would come back and get the bride to bring her back to the new home where they would then consummate the marriage and they would become husband and wife. So there's this kind of phase in a first century Jewish marriage where you are actually betrothed or married to this person, but you haven't consummated the relationship. You actually haven't moved in together. And so we find Joseph and Mary in this betrothal stage where they've committed their lives to each other. They are now considered together, but they haven't actually gotten to the point of consummating their marriage, which is why Joseph is so affronted when she becomes pregnant, because it clearly can't be him yet. They haven't done that. They haven't moved into the new home that he's preparing for them. And so when he comes and finds her pregnant, that's why it's so upsetting to him. And he and he even uses the word like to quietly divorce her, right? He wants to potentially get out of this because of what has happened, but he wants to cause the least amount of problems for her. So he wants to try to do this quietly. We can see the tension in this relationship. And then thankfully, an angel comes to Joseph and says, yo, hey, this is this is of God. Like she is pregnant by the spirit and God is up to something. She is going to be carrying, she is carrying the Christ child. And so you know, we need you to step up too. <laughs> and so Joseph does, right? And he um, he honors the commitment he's made. He honors the the trust that God has placed in him. And they move forward together. Now, Mary, she heads off to go meet with her uh, cousin Elizabeth. And the interaction with Elizabeth is amazing because Elizabeth, Elizabeth has this miraculous child as well. This She's going to be the, the mother of John the Baptist. And this is a child that's born to her in her old age after it was assumed that she was barren and God is causing a miracle to occur and for her to have John, the one who will prepare the way for the coming Messiah, for the Lord. And so there's these two women that have this miraculous pregnancies and they're connecting. And I think we tend to read the scriptures like a Hallmark movie where it's the angel shows up to Zachariah and tells him he's going to be a dad. He doesn't really believe it, doesn't know what to do with it. So the, the angel silences Zachariah. You know, Elizabeth gets pregnant. She's excited. Mary gets pregnant. She's excited. They meet together. They have this beautiful interaction. Mary sings her beautiful song, the Magnificat. 
And then we're headed to Bethlehem where we're going to have this baby. And it's kind of like we have this five minute scene, five minute scene, five minute scene. Now we're ready for Jesus. But we all know that pregnancies take a lot of time and pregnancies are months and months and months. And it's a lot of waiting and anticipating and it's preparing and it's wondering and it's freaking out and being excited and it's all the emotions you know even as a dad of two adopted kids like i don't know and i'm a male obviously so i don't know the birthing process i don't know what it's like to carry someone in my womb i don't know any of that but i know a little bit about what it means to get my house ready to prepare my heart and my mind for the coming a coming child to be a part of my family. And that is a preparation that is both exciting and scary and long and boring. And it feels like it flies by, but then it also feels like it takes forever. I think we forget that there's maybe these moments where it just goes on and on and on. And I think that's where faith comes in. You know, last time we talked about the idea of hope and we turned to the prophets and we turned to this sense of criticizing and energizing and that hope is more than just something that's off into the future, but hope is this thing that is happening in us now, that we actually are people of hope currently. Like we're currently in the moment people of hope. Well, how do we do that? What is realized hope what is hope in the now hope in the now is 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 trust right hope in the now is faith where we are we are holding on to a promise we're holding on to a a, a future we're holding on to something that we can't yet see and we are believing that it will happen there's a a trust that is going on and we see that in mary that mary is this amazing person who just flat out trusts God. She trusts God instantly. From the moment the angel shows up, she is trusting that God is going to do this, that God is going to work it out, and that she can bear this, bear it both in her body, but bear it also in her soul and in her mind, in her heart. She is going to bear this. And she knows that this is going to be more than just birthing a child. This is going to be a child that will turn her life and all lives upside down and will bring about a complete recreation of what it means to be human. And she is willing to bear that. I can't imagine going through life with that weight. I can't imagine going through life with those mundane moments where how do you not just get like sideswiped by it? How do you not just become overwhelmed by the thought of what you are doing? I think one of the beautiful things about Mary is that she must have been such a person of faith, such a person of faith. She must have had so much trust about where this story was headed, where her life was headed, and that God was with her. I mean, and it's, it's, 
Interesting that the name that is given for the Christ child is Emmanuel, God with us. I wonder how much of that name that would be given to Jesus, right? Emmanuel, God with us, was also a reminder to her that like, this is going to feel lonely at times. At some point, your husband won't even be able to wrap his mind around this. Understandably so, maybe, but it's going to be a challenge. There's not going to be any anybody out there that is going to be able to understand this. And thankfully, thankfully, there's one person, right? It's Elizabeth. Elizabeth will get this. Elizabeth will create space for you. She'll, as a friend of mine and I talked about earlier uh, last week, like Elizabeth seems to be the one that is capable of holding space for Mary. She kind of seems to be giving Mary uh, the ability to express what's going on in her heart, right? You know, I had a couple other friends of mine talking about this, that it kind of feels like only after Elizabeth holds space for Mary, that Mary just pours out all of this beautiful song about the child that she is bearing and what that child has come to do. And it's a prophetic thing. What she sings in Luke chapter one, there is so much rich text that she is expressing uh, so much prophecy, so much naming the hope that we are holding on to. And she's doing that because she's with Elizabeth. She's doing that because of the trust that she has in what God is up to. She's doing that because she's a person of deep, deep faith. You know, I wonder what it looks like for us in this season of Advent to be people of faith like Mary, to be people that hold on to God's promises, that that we hold on to this thing headed somewhere, you know, that we can be people of hope, that we hope that in the future it will get better, that God is up to something, that we hope that this, this criticizing and energizing is actually leading to something beautiful and good. And then I wonder what the daily faith of that looks like, the daily faith uh, and the trust of when it gets mundane and it gets hard or when it doesn't seem like it's going to have an end, that we still maintain faith. We still maintain that trust. You know, the Bible kind of interestingly says that there's three things that will remain, faith, hope, and love. And it says the greatest of these is love. But think about it. Hope and faith are also there. It's like we will always need to be people of hope, that we will always need to be people of faith. It's almost like we're never going to fully get this. We're never going to fully get it. And so we just have to be people in relationship to God that trust. You know, that's the interesting thing about all three of those words, faith, hope, and love, is that they're relational ideas. You have hope in something headed somewhere. There's hope that God is up to something. We have faith that God is active. We have faith that this relationship will be one that is sustaining and that will be faithful and that we are headed in the direction that God has for us. And love is purely relational, which is probably why it's the greatest of all things, is that it is that complete self-giving act of sacrificial love that we pour ourselves out for one another. I mean, think about Mary. Her body is literally hosting, bearing. It is the body from which the incarnation, from which 
God in human form is coming forth. She is bearing the Christ child. So what does it look like for you and I in our season of Advent to be bearing Christ? What does it look like for us to hold on to hope? What does it look like us for us to trust daily? We have to trust in those beautiful moments where we are talking it out with a friend, where we're processing it out, but we also have to trust in those mundane moments, those moments where it's the second week of Advent and it was fun to experience the first week of Advent with the new candle, but now we're in the second week and it's getting a little bit mundane and you know we're still two weeks away from Christmas Eve or even more at this point and it just feels like, okay, December is going to be a long month and I don't know about you, but I'm recording this on Monday, December 6th and it just got real cold, like real cold. Like walking the dog was cold, cold. And when you're walking in the wrong direction, you know, the direction where the wind hits you, it is cold, cold, as opposed to cold. And so this month could get long. This month could get arduous. And yet we remain people of faith. We remain people who trust that God is in this and that even though we are embracing the dark, we're embracing this space that we trust, we trust that God is working and is in in this. And so let's be a little bit like Mary and let's be people of faith. Thanks for joining me for Deconstructing the Bible. See you next time.